0: How are you? I'm great. Are great. you great? Yeah, I'm great. Why are you great, Eric? Um, Well, the sun was kind of shining. Yeah, go ahead and scratch that one out. Try again. Um, Spring break.
1: Do you know what I'm excited the about? So there's. They've been stuck at home for the last two have weeks been, anyways. I've been watching TV like nobody's business. Because I have been doing like the whole, like, I decided I'm not even going to like play it out or be you know even try anything i've been staying at home like at home i don't even if i go outside it is a rock is a walk around my parking lot kind of around the playground and then back to my house like i've been staying home and i just stay inside and i've been watching 30 for 30s and such which oh by the way have you seen the 30 for 30 of catching hell steve bartman documentary no you haven't seen that yet? By the way, it's pronounced documentary. Okay, well, well, in India, we call it documentary. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's documentary. You liar. Documentary. Liars. No, it's not. It's documentary.
0: i let you get away with it all day yesterday, but I can't
1: today. <laughs> oh, it's not. You're lying to me. It's documentary. Don't do that. Do you- I swear you're lying to me. Uh, so, I was watching the documentary, and um, that Cubs, 03- team that lost to the Marlins because of the foul ball that was interfered by Steve Bartman. You know, what really bugged me the most when I watched it is that the Cubs still had game seven and, and it was, and by the way, in that game, just after that Steve Bartman issue, uh, your shortstop, Alex Gonzalez, I think it was, or whoever it was, bobbles a a sure play double play ball.
0: Yeah. There were, there were a number of things in that game And uh, I think too many people focused on the Bartman play. Did you, as a Cubs fan?
1: I mean, at that moment, as a Cubs fan, did you say, if Steve Bartman doesn't touch it, man, we're four outs away from winning the World or going to the World Series? At the moment, I thought, oh, man, that was a dumb play. Yeah, as you should,
0: though. But things were starting to cascade away and slip away from the Cubs before then. And then that all of a sudden. Galvanized everybody's attention on that and on Bartman, and then other mistakes started to be made, and you could just tell that it was falling apart.
1: Okay, so that's really interesting. You say that because those people in that documentary said the exact same thing exact same thing that because they didn't want to go after their famed shortstop who had 20 home runs that year and was named a gold glove in the NL for at shortstop position, because they didn't want to go after Sammy Sosa or Mark Pryor who by the way or Kerry wood they decided to peg the guy who had just reached out like any fan would have and interfered with a baseball that was like on the line of interference or not like it was on the line the fact that Mo- Moises Aluu had to jump up and reach up for that ball says well maybe it wasn't in play but it's, but it's interesting to bring that And then they, they dwelled up. on it way too much. Oh, yeah. Moises oh, my kept gosh. looking up there
0: and oh, yelling out The him. temper
1: tantrum caused yeah. everybody. It was crazy, though, just like, because they have a camera that follows him out from where his seat is to, like, getting to the car. It is crazy, the insults. I mean, you have people, like, death threats. One guy, and I'm not even joking, he's like, grab a 12-gauge and put it in his mouth. It was crazy, how angry Cubs fans were at that moment. And there was still the a lot of finishing. baseball to be exactly. played. Exactly. The game wasn't even finished yet. No. No one's going to blame Mark Pryor for throwing a 3-1 fastball down the middle to Renneria, who puts it up on the right field seats for a home run. No one's going to blame Alex for dropping a sure play or a sure-fire double play to get you out of the inning. Only up 3-1 now with still... Three outs left to go. No one's going to blame the team for just absolutely crashing down in Game 7 of the World Series. Like, it was just, it was amazing. So, I got a chance to watch that. And then tonight, Eric, two things were on TV. One, 2016 Game 7 of the NBA Finals. LeBron James, that 3-1 comeback. The block, the shot, uh, and the, you know, the defense by Kevin Love to, to beat the 17-3-9 Warriors. And then, a secretly good game. Fresno State in the College World Series Championship versus Georgia in 08. Yeah. Now, remember this. Fresno was unseeded. Yes. They were a like, play-in to get into the College World Series. Georgia has a first-round pick shortstop and a first-round pick closer uh, in, in Joshua Fields, who then played for the L.A. Dodgers in the World Series against the Astros. And they were loaded with talent. Well, Fresno wins the first game, was up six in the second game, loses that game, and then goes to a game three and just thrashes, thrashes the Georgia Bulldogs behind a freshman ace. So that game's on at 7 o'clock, so I put those both on my DVR. I'm excited about that. You know what else room. is on? What?
0: Is they're going to replay the Rose Bowl, the the classic one between USC Texas? and Texas. USC?
1: Yes. That's on?
0: And then this—that the was a great game. AT&T Sportsnet is going to start – replaying old Mountain West conference games yes. there's a lot of USU ones sprinkled in there with nine, football and basketball was
1: it 9 basketball 5 football is it 9 football i think it's 9 football 5 basketball they even uh, have the we've got the schedule on Cash Valley Daily oh sweet so i think it's and i think i tweeted it out as well um it is Ooh, yep, nine men's basketballs and five football games, and so the football list is going to be on on April fourth. They'll have the the home loss versus Colorado State, a well, game they shouldn't have lost.
0: USU versus BYU is tomorrow. Is that
1: for basketball? For basketball, is that the one they uh, is that the one they got throttled in? Or is Sam that-
0: Merrill scores fourteen points. Utah State loses seventy five to sixty six at home against BYU. So
1: that was Tim Duryea's last year then. That was 2017. Okay. December 2017. So that's on the second. So the fourth would be the Colorado State home loss, 27-14, uh, from three years ago, or I guess two and a half years ago, October 7th. And then on April 7th, it looks like we have a double header. Eric. Is that right? Yep. What do you got there?
0: Afternoon game at 2 o'clock. It's USU football at UNLV. Is that Jordan Love's first start? First start, 316 yards, two TDs. Aggies beat up on UNLV. Okay, and then later that afternoon, basically right after that game is done, they'll transition to basketball at five, and that's USU men's basketball at UNLV. Did they lose that? January 2018. No, Utah State won that one. Sam Merrill
1: had 20 points and a victory at UNLV. Was that Duryea? That was Duryea. That was- would have been Duryea. Wow. Yeah, I can't. I, that seems like so long ago. And then uh, on the ninth, we have uh, football at New Mexico, a 24-10 win uh, from the seventeen squad. So Matt Wells' team.
0: And tenth, it? mm-hmm. it's uh, I guess we're going to replay it. You guys air it at five, and then again at ten. USU versus Boise State from February two thousand eighteen. Uh, USU comes from behind to win seventy one to sixty five. Over Boise State, who was leading the league at that
1: time. That's right. And then on the fifteenth at five p.m., they will have the uh, Craig Smiths and, and his team's miraculous win at Fresno State, eighty-two, eighty-one, on uh, February fifth of last year. That was a great game. Oh, that was incredible basketball.
0: That was that straightaway three at the top of the uh, top of the key. Uh, who shot? Who shot that? He's not on the team anymore. Ah. Uh, can't think of his name all the
1: Oh, uh, yeah. It's, uh... oh, come on. Was it Quinn Taylor? Yeah, it was Quinn. Or am I thinking of
0: a different year? Hmm. I'll have to watch that one. I'll have to definitely watch I that one. I can't remember that one. On April 16th, a matinee at 2 o'clock, USU football at Wyoming. Oh, this was that was a good game. 2018. USU beat the Cowboys 24-16 in Laramie. Darwin Thompson had a big game in
1: that. Well, John Trell Rockmore had that pick six to start off, and they had that quarterback issue on the other side because one quarterback couldn't stay healthy, but then they put the other one in, and he just sucked. So they had that huge issue. And then on the 19th, to cap off the football run, they're going to have the miraculous win at Colorado State, 29-24, the game from two years ago, uh, the Preston Williams game, if you will call it that.
0: Uh, looks like April 17th, the, a replay? So, a, yeah, April 17th, they'll replay at uh, 10 o'clock. That same game from the
1: 15th, that USU at Fresno State game. Oh, okay. And then the uh, 20th and 21st, uh, in regards of basketball, they'll have another 5 p.m. and 10 p.m. doubleheader of the same matchup. But it'll be the game 196 in overtime. At Colorado State. That was a great game. This is one where Sam Merrill played his fourth straight game of 40 minutes or more. He was incredible in the overtime for that and one. And had a whale of an overtime game versus Colorado yes. State. That was to clinch the Mountain West Championship regular season title. Uh, and then, of course, they made that uh, historic run.
0: Yeah, so we're going to air that game on April 20th at 5 and then April 21st at 10. 10 p.m. Thank you. Sorry, I, re- I
1: looked at that wrong.
0: And then the last one they're going to play in April, this is on April 23rd, 5 o'clock, men's basketball versus Fresno, a game from December of 2019. Aggies beat Fresno State 77-70. to 70. In overtime, that's right. Keta makes his uh, season debut.
1: Boy, that guy, yeah. Because then Fresno State bank in a three at the buzzard to tie it? Oh, yeah, that's right. It, it banked was, in a was, three. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Tied the game up, and everyone was kind of like, well, crap, well, here we go again. And uh, just a little bit more great. Yeah, they ended up pulling away and getting the win. So AT&T Sportsnet going to be replaying several different Aggie
0: men's basketball and football games over the next month. Uh, check your local listings uh, for whatever your provider is. Your channels are going to be a little bit different. Uh, but it's on DirecTV. It's on DISH. It's on Comcast. Uh, all those details are on CashValleyDaily.com. Uh, Speaking of Sam Merrill, we were talking about him earlier. Uh, I don't think we really mentioned this yesterday, but Sam Merrill named a first-team All-American. Now, this is for class. It's a senior class award, and uh, that means he's recognized for uh, four different areas of excellence, as they call it. Community, classroom, character, and competition. A CLASS stands for Celebrating Loyalty and Achievement for Staying in School and uh, goes to the the student-athletes to encourage other students to um, use their platform in athletics to be positive leaders in communities. Uh, he was joined by Kansas Udoka Azabuike, Marquette's Marcus Howard, Seton Hall's Miles Powell, Michigan State's Cassius Winston.
1: That's a pretty exclusive class there, Ajay. Yeah, no kidding. Uh by the way did you see a certain publication in uh south of us who decided to title their article another way <laughs> because somebody who made the second team but yet but yet they dis- they they think that they cover the Aggies <laughs> yeah it's unreal oh. just how like tone deaf they
0: really are over there Yoli Childs did make the second team but a certain publication south of us led with that rather than who was a Ignoring the fact that somebody else in the state was so, a
1: first team. Here's the thing is that they led with so they but they put that in the title, right? That Yoli Child's the second team. And then they have like three paragraphs. no, they have like two paragraphs of Sam Merrill making the first team delete it off and then go with Yoli Child like the next four. But yet they cover the Aggies. Unreal. Just I mean Yeah, they have a couple of people there. I'm not a big fan of either. That uh I think they are uh all that, and a bag of chips.
0: Uh, <clears throat> but, but Sam Merrill, uh, I mean, tremendous well-deserved. career. well Tremendous senior season. Did you see his? Right that he got
1: some accolades. Did you freaking see his tweet? I hate that guy. You know, I was just sitting there. Sam Merrill? Yes. I was just sitting there minding my own business, haven't done anything wrong, and then he puts out a tweet that makes me freaking cry. What? What did he say? So he had he had three photos. One of them as a little kid. The other one was the NCAA tournament photo from I believe last year, and then of course the uh, NCAA championship or not uh, Mount West tournament championship photo of him just sitting in the locker room. He says, "Quote: I know I'm a little late, but I wanted to thank everyone that has supported me throughout my career." From a little kid that dreamed of being an Aggie to a two-time Mountain West champ, I could not ask for a better experience. I truly thank you all, end quote. Now, you're going to say, why the frick are you crying? Well, guess what? Because I actually like the guy. I freaking love that dude. And the fact that he didn't, I mean, he got screwed over. I mean, you want to talk about 2020 screwing people over. 2020 was really bad to him, all right? Because he should have been able to celebrate Wayne Estes' night with breaking the record. But instead, Boise State, you know, or the officials got in the way. And then he had a chance to participate in the NCAA tournament for his senior year. Nope. Coronavirus gets in the way. Like, come on. Uh, biggest fan of Sam Merrill. Huge fan. By the way, did you see some of the stuff that there, uh, that there is? He's not selling it. But I'm going to make this very clear that he's not selling. But someone is selling, like, mugs and sweatshirts and shirts of his game-winning shot. <laughs> I've seen that. I might have bought a mug and a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sam Merrill. I, I, I am uh, just. I've always been in awe of his dedication, to Utah State, uh, his his willingness to to do whatever it takes to go win a game. You want to talk about a guy who is competitive as all get out? He took this squad who was destined for the NIT to so many national publications, and led him to an to a Mount West Conference Tournament Championship win, including over the fifth-ranked team in the country. Eric, one of the most special players Utah State Athletics will ever see. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, tremendous career, tremendous things that he did uh,
0: off of the basketball court in the community and representing yes, the absolutely. university and Logan and Cache Valley, the state of Utah, uh, and representing his faith. Uh, so uh, yeah, Sam Merrill, tremendous athlete, tremendous career, uh, going down as one of the best ever. He's going to
1: gonna go play state. in the league. I'm telling you right now, he's going to go play in the league.
0: Hey Ajay, I don't did you see this? Utah High School Activities Association borrowing an idea from something that I've been seeing going on in Idaho over the last week or two. Uh they've it the uh, high school mascots. Uh there was a group in Idaho that put together a bracket, who has the best high school mascot <laughs> in Idaho or the best logo for their high school. In, in Idaho. And now I see this uh, happened last night that UHSAA is doing the same thing for Utah. And uh, they're, they're putting, regardless of classification, so more than 150 different high schools and their logos. And they've created a bracket, and you can vote on who has the best logo. Uh, they started voting today. There are no schools in our area that were part of the first 48 as they call it. Oh, boo. But um, uh, I guess it's only being done on Twitter. I looked on their website to see if I could see anything. There's no mention of it whatsoever. But uh, if you're on Twitter, follow at UHSAAinfo, and you'll be able to see it and, and vote. But right now it's like Manila versus Brighton, and Escalante versus Pineview, Grantsville versus Provo. So it's a couple different schools that are involved initially, but... No schools from around here just yet.
1: Uh, why not? I want to see some of our guys be in it. They will be, I'm sure. What's interesting, though, is looking at some of these logos. Some
0: are like look very similar to other schools that uh, that that use the same mascot, and so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But anyway, so when that becomes time for any schools around here. Follow us on Twitter if you don't know where to find that other stuff, and uh, we'll be sharing it ourselves so you can follow along.
1: Hey, we got to go to a break, but coming back, uh, Luke Lofthouse, the assistant UVU wrestling coach, he's going to join us here on the show and talk about how his team was affected with the whole COVID-19. In fact, two kids, three kids were uh, going to go to nationals, and now uh, they've they've had their careers ended. I believe two of them are seniors, and so they're going to be done. Uh, we'll ask him about that and uh, and more of what uh, what the wrestling is like. Well, I guess his experience of being a wrestling coach without being a to chance to recruit and such. So that's all coming up here on the Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. New home
2: for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Eric France and Aj Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us on a Wednesday. It is documentary, by the way.
0: Documentary.
1: No, it is not. I just looked it up on Google, and the way they phrase it out is documentary. I watched a documentary.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, put that in your pipe and smoke uh, it. We're going to try to, maybe at some point later on in the show, we'll debunk <laughs> that, but Now's not the time because so we have a special guest.
1: Yeah, speaking of uh, guys who know their words, uh, he's a, he was actually a 4.0 student while playing three different sports at Mountain Crest, which is really impressive in itself. Uh, but my good friend, Luke Lofthouse, assistant UVU uh, wrestling coach, joins us here on the Full Court Press. Luke, my man, how are you?
3: Good. How's it going, Ajay?
1: Good, good. Thanks for joining us here. Hey, uh, w- tell me what the situation was like. I, I know it, you've probably had to explain it a billion and one times, but just uh, you, you go to, you know you have these kids qualified for nationals and then to have their season erased, I think two of them were seniors, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Just how did that all come about? And I mean, how heartbroken were they? Um, Well, we had just one
3: senior, the other two underclassmen, but it doesn't make a difference. Right. I mean, it's, it was really, really strange, you know, almost like there was a death, honestly. And, but with death, you can kind of mourn because there's a funeral and you go and you get to be part of, you know, the celebration of life. And there wasn't that. It just was like all of a sudden, like someone just pulled the plug. Like you're playing a video game and someone pulls the plug out and that's it, you know. And and then all of a sudden we got, you know, we went into basically self-quarantine at the university. So we had really little contact that way. And it's been real. It's been a real interesting experience. Um very, very unreal so far. You know, I don't know if it's set in for anybody, but as far as the, the senior, I mean, he, he was heartbroken. I mean, his dad came right away as soon as he found out was looking for him and was worried about him. And I mean, luckily he's a, he's a pretty tough individual and he's smart and he has really good perspective and understanding, but uh, yeah, it's, uh it's been hard, it's been hard on coaches. It's been hard on athletes and, so all around, I mean, nobody's nobody's been in Eps, or been, you know, be able to separate themselves from it completely. I'm sure you guys have, you know, circumstances and situations and stories that, you know, the difficulties of what's going on. So,
0: Luke, how since the, the, the news broke and since you had to start to quarantine, how do you stay in contact with your with your team and and how do you still try to keep them engaged?
3: Um, I think the big thing is so. Right when they made the announcement, our our guys were on spring break, and so it's kind of like if there's such good thing as good timing in that. So they were already on a break; they were already home. And uh, you know, our our instructions from from the administration was just keep them home, right? Just keep them at home. Let them stay home. All their all their classes went online, and so basically now it's just you know you're doing the same things you do every other day, but everything's You know, everyone's in different locations, all online, phone calls, text messages, emails. And so we still have communication with our academic team and they're communicating with their, you know, their mentors and their academic help people. And so it's been it's been a challenge. And I think, guys, they've they've handled it well. You know, I think that we have we have a different dynamic of people, you know, a lot of older kids and return missionaries. And so they understand some of that you know, adjustment on the fly, maybe.
1: Uh, talk about the season and how it went for you guys. I know it was kind of an up-and-down year, uh, but again, you had three kids qualify for nationals. Uh, did you feel like you metrical, your, goal, your goal, or way underachieved? Um, I think from what the
3: expectation was, there was a big underachievement. I mean, there's no question. Part of that due to maybe performance issues, part of that maybe due to, I mean, we had a couple injuries, um we had some some things that you can't control and then some things that maybe we can't control but yeah I think that as a whole we just didn't wrestle that well you know our dual team we had a lot of young guys have to step in and be in the lineup and we just didn't do that great of a job and um so it, it was eye-opening for for us the team and the program and as coaches you know we got to have guys that are ready to go all the way through the lineup not just our number one guys and that was really telling this year.
1: Uh, i got to ask you, you had a chance to be able to compete, uh, I believe, versus Wisconsin, ranked fourth in the country. Uh, you do get dominated, but what did you feel like, or could you, at least your underclassmen, learn from that experience of going against one of the top-ranked teams in the country?
3: You know, I think one of the biggest lessons is that there's a different there's a different state of ready. There's a different state of preparedness, right, of toughness. And I think that's probably something that that the guys that wrestled in those matches, you know, them and Iowa State, and you know, there were some more that we wrestled really good teams and um, Northern Iowa, where you got to be more ready than you typically would be, and you have to be more tough than you typically would be. And I think that maybe that's something that we've lacked in our younger guys is that understanding because of experience, because of you know their opportunities to compete against that kind of competition you know most of their most of their um, wrestling and their if they're not in the lineup is against you know junior college and division 2 II, division 3 type competition cuz so there's not a ton of division 1 teams close by so so I think that's a big one that I think a lot of people you know their eyes are open in that situation
0: Again, you know, we're talking to Luke Lofthouse, uh, wrestling coach at uh, Utah Valley University. And Luke, there's, I know there's some coaches that are concerned about uh, the, the contact they're currently having with their players and making sure they keep on track with physical things they should be doing because access to gyms is, is limited. What, what's that dialogue like for you and your guys right now?
3: Um, I think we're really unique that way, right? Anyone who lives in Utah and knows about Utah, there's so many, so many ways to get active. Um, I actually just came off a mountain with my family, and we've tried to go out and be as high and far away from people as we could every chance we get. And you know, that's kind of the the rally cry. Some guys have really good setups. You know, there's there's guys that have gyms home in their garage, and um, they got a neighbor that they lift weights with kind of thing and so so it's get what you can and you know do do as much as you can and that's kind of every every situation different we have one of our, our RTC coach um, the regional training center uh, we have this uh, group team messaging app and he's starting to get now where you know someone comes up with an idea of activity every day and then everyone can kind of post a picture of them doing it or share their experience doing that kind of thing. So, so we're kind of trying to be innovative that way a little bit and trying to just, just keep them, keep them their eyes where they're supposed to be. You know, this isn't going to last forever. Kind of like a really long vacation, (laughs) a really unfortunate vacation, if you can call it that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's maybe a good term to use. Now uh, the NCAA came out today and said that, um, they they are extending a recruiting dead period through May thirty first. Does that apply to wrestling the same as it may apply to others other athletics?
3: I'm sure it's everyone. I, I haven't looked at all the details, but I wouldn't imagine it would be exclusive to any sport. So,
0: uh, how much recruiting would you normally be doing this time of year?
3: Um, it's pretty heavily recruiting. You know, there's. Typically, there's a lot of uh, high school national tournaments this time of year. So, middle of April, end of April, and then into, you know, maybe the first of May, there's three or four of your better high school tournaments, your nationals. Those are all canceled. And then also, you get, you know, there's a lot of teams, you get a lot of uh, on campus visits this time of year. We bring two or three groups of people out this time of year. And so, you lose that. So, um, you know, you can still bring them through the summertime. That's not a huge issue if they let us, right? We don't know what it's going to look like, how long it's going to be. So, but for right now, you know, it's just keep contact. It's kind of the same as our guys, right? Keep as much contact as you can and encourage them and support them in any way that you can, just like you would with your, you know, the wrestlers you have.
1: Luke, you being a local kid here, wrestled at Mount Crest, had a very illustrious career, one of the greatest ever in Utah wrestling uh, history. What Do you guys try to recruit locally, uh, if you, you know in the talent that can be in Utah, or you try to broad yourselves out more regional and nationally? Um, both, right? I mean,
3: there's obvious you want to keep your best kids around. You want to find the best talent that's in Utah, and you want to keep it, and you want to grow that and build those relationships. But at the same time, there's no one in this country, no matter where you are, that just builds from there locale, right? So you can't just you can't be competitive on a national level and just pull from a small group of people. So so it's it's both, right? We want to get our best guys in Utah. We want to build those relationships. We want to keep getting our best guys from Utah. But then we also want to be able to go and get some of the better guys from, you know, Oregon and Washington and California and some of the surrounding states as well. Colorado, Idaho. So and and that's kind of where it goes. So you don't always have the best luck locally. You know, it's just, you know, it's hard, hard for some people to, you know, they don't know what other places offer, and that's what you run into a lot, you know.
1: Uh, what, with the program that you guys have and the competition that you wrestle and what you guys are trying to build it into, what are you looking for in wrestlers from high school that you're recruiting at? What do you, what do you want out of them?
3: Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot. There's an aspect of toughness in the wrestling. Also, there's an aspect of being, you know, like they got to have some decent technical skills. Um, They got to be confident in what they're doing. You know, they got to be, you know, for for me specifically, they got to be aggressive. You know, I want a guy that's attacking 10 to 15 times a match instead of three or four. You know, um, you want a guy that is performing in the classroom, I mean, it's, it's getting more and more where you can't come and be not a good student and try and compete at this level. It just doesn't work anymore. And so um, you're looking at that. So you, you look at, you do your homework on their, you know, their social activity, which it's easy sometimes today because they post everything online anymore. So you just have to go look at their, you know, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and you get a good picture of what, maybe the character is and i mean you're you're trying to build a family and so you know think about it like if you're bringing someone into your family or something you're going to pick anybody you're going to do some homework and, and that's kind of what we're trying to do and you know there's a lot there's a lot that goes into all that but you know you're looking for the all-around best guy and there's certain aspects that are easier to develop you know it's harder to develop someone to be tough but you can develop a single leg pretty easy that way. Just show them and get them in their repetitions. But toughness is a harder thing to really coach and like really bring along out of somebody. So the best coaches are the ones that can do that. You know, that was Dan Gable. Any of his previous athletes talk about what he did for them. It was he instilled in them the toughness that they just were. You know, just another level of toughness that nobody could match. So.
0: Luke, in this current state of where it's it's difficult to, you, you, as you mentioned, you can't travel to these tournaments to, to scout guys to see how they're doing in, in, in tournaments, in real-life action. <laughs> how, how challenging is it to try to recruit for next year's class? and uh, What are you trying to do to get around some of that? Well,
3: you know, we live in a really blessed age, you know, and so there's a lot of, online opportunities you know almost every wrestling tournament there's a uh, group they're called flow wrestling it's actually a partner with flow sports or a subgroup of flow sports but they i mean they basically run and um, they'll stream online almost all matches anywhere and so you know we have a subscription to their platform and you're able to see guys wrestle so it's not that that's it's hard you know you can find the wrestlers you can evaluate the skills kind of thing but you know it's the contact that's the hard part you know the relationship building the part that really you know allows people to believe in the program and then being around our team and the culture that we have so so it's i mean it's it doesn't change a ton but it's different you know it just puts a puts it on slow motion but the great thing is that it's everybody you know there's no one that has a greater advantage right now because they're not in this social distancing or they're not in quarantine or they're not um having to follow the same rules so you know it's just like a big pause button to all of you know in my little you know sport a big giant pause button and so they're it's the same just trying trying to do the best you can not not go crazy right now
1: how are you doing?
3: I'm doing okay. I mean you're an active you
1: know? guy. Like you sitting around at the house <laughs> isn't really I just don't see you as that type of a kid, but maybe I'm wrong now.
3: Yeah, me and my kids don't sit much. So we're wrestling <laughs> or we're fighting or we're playing hide and seek or we're playing tag or you know, we don't we don't do we don't do sit around
1: very well. With as much so. as you guys travel as as a wrestling team, is it nice to be able to spend I know it's unfortunate that it's in this circumstance, but is it nice, Bill, to spend time at home with your wife and kids and, and uh, you know, uh, kind of make up for that time that you lose?
3: Yeah, I think for sure that's one of the best best things that's coming of this is, you know, that personal time, and it's un- uninterrupted, and, you know, there's not a whole lot that gets in your way, and it's everybody, right? It's not just me that's slowing down. It's not just my wife that's slowing down, but the whole family slowed down. There are no activities, period. And I think it's been, it's been great for us, you know, and the timing was really opportunistic for us right at the end of our season. Unfortunately, it couldn't have gone a week later, you know, that would have even been greater timing, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we've made the best of it. We're doing the best we can. There's been a lot of self-improvement and trying to develop different, you know, areas of our life that maybe we feel like we haven't had time to do that. And now we get a chance. So, it's
1: been great. Luke, I just got a text from somebody who asked when you're going to talk about uh, when are you going to talk about the hunter game your senior year. Uh, never, <laughs> but uh, um, I just uh, yeah, it's good to it's good to reminisce with you for a little bit. Good to talk uh, some Uvu wrestling. Maybe one day when uh, we all can, we'll get together and we'll we'll uh, we'll go down nostalgia lane and and talk about three years of you and me being your water boy or whatever. So. Uh, but uh, good stuff, man. Thanks. Appreciate your time. and hey, we'll, uh, be We talking did get soon.
0: a text on our text line. Oh, we did? Yes. Uh, what do you look for when recruiting a wrestler?
1: I just asked that. Oh, you did ask that? Yes. Okay. I don't know you talked about tough to, to the interview. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You, you covered that. <laughs> hey, Luke, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. We'll do it again soon. So
3: okay, Thanks, guys. All right,
1: bye. All right. Thanks, Luke. All
0: right. See ya. I Sorry, saw sometimes
1: that. when you speak, I zone out. Yeah, I could tell. I, yeah. Remember that whole Tipa thing where you're like, oh, you didn't say Tipa and I did? And you just totally like, right, no, no, I didn't. And then we had to go back and replay it. That I we did. had to
0: go find the audio. Yeah. I
1: was digging in. <laughs> yeah. I asked him because I, I saw the same text uh, that, uh, what do you look for when they recruit? So I asked him, what do you look for when you recruit a wrestler? What is, okay, I just didn't know that you were
0: referencing from the text line. It just, you just asked it as if it came from you. So it's a good question. Sure. It's a good question. And it was yeah. a good interview. Yeah, that was Really a great interesting interview. to see, yeah. as we found, uh, how it's affecting coaches uh, in different sports um, and how they're trying to still stay in contact and still keep their, their athletes active mentally, physically, emotionally, because these are, these are strange times. Uh, and what they need the most are, are voices of calm, comfort, and direction. And that's what these coaches are, are providing.
1: Yeah, and again, for a lot of those underclassmen, too. I mean, you think how young they are. They went 3-11 and on the season. They got wiped out by all ranked teams, um, just flattened to the mat, really. Uh, and so they have a chance to be able to learn and to get better. I think they're going to be a very good wrestling team next year for how young they are and how many how many kids they have coming back. Uh, you know, 200 classmen go to the Nationals, and so that, that speaks for a lot. But, um Yeah, it's great stuff. Luke's always done a great. You know, he always sounds really excited when I talk to him. Like, hey, you want to come to me? He's like, yeah, man. I'd love to come talk. And then we have him on the show. He's like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I just (laughs) want to be honest. I'm like, God, Luke, show a little bit of happiness, man. Jeez. Did I tell you? Okay, so we were playing Hunter. Someone had texted me and asked me about the Hunter game. What the joke is, is that we were playing Hunter our senior year, and I was dressed for my second game of my high school career. And Hunter, at the time, was the best, actually all-time, best defense in state history. Leading up to this game, which was like the third-to-last game of the season, they had allowed a total of 21 points all year. I mean, we're just killing teams. So here's this 1-9 and football team going up against them, and I, uh, there's a pick. Brady Zerman throws a pick, and I get turned inside out, like guts just everywhere, rolled over like five yards backwards on a blindside block. Didn't even see it coming. And the crazy thing is the guy wasn't even running that hard. I just ran so hard I flew into him that it's just, you know, how it is. Tough, muscly dudes. And me was like 100 pounds soaking wet. But anyways, and then Luke on a swing route caught a ball. And the kid hit him so hard that he came to the sideline. And I'm not even joking you. His helmet was turned sideways. and He was looking through his ear hole. And so he has blood coming out of his mouth. So I tossed him a water bottle. And he like puts in some water, and spits all his blood out, throws it right back into my face, and then runs back out on the field before a trainer can get to him. (laughs) That guy was the toughest SOB I've ever ever met in my life. An absolute stud. Love that guy.
0: Yeah, great. uh, and he had a a great college career, wrestling, and he's taking those lessons.
1: He lost one match his whole entire high school career in the state of Utah. One. And that was his freshman state championship match. Didn't lose another one after that. It's incredible.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Appreciate uh, Luke Lofthouse joining us on the Full Court Press. All going right, to st- uh, take a step aside, some news from the NFL today, and uh, also some news, as we mentioned, with the recruiting period, some information from the NCAA. Uh, there's some additional thoughts about the NBA. A couple of people are speaking out. One NBA owner is still optimistic that an NBA season in some form or fashion can still happen. We'll hear about that coming up next on the Full Court Press.
2: I'm Kevin Kugler with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The NFL has expanded the playoffs for the first time since 1990. League owners voted to approve the expansion during a conference call on Tuesday. The new format will have 14 teams instead of 12 in the postseason and will begin with the 2020 season. Meanwhile, Tom Brady will stay TB12 in Florida, thanks to Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin, who wore number 12 for the last three seasons. He's agreed to forego the number so Brady can keep his signature 12 jersey. Godwin will instead switch to number 14. NFL Network's Mike Garofolo reports the Jaguars have heard from multiple teams with interest in trading for pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe. The 25-year-old has made it known that he wants to leave Jacksonville. The Jags placed the franchise tag on Ngakwe earlier this month. For all the latest news from around the league, check out NFL.com. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Luke is always a friend of the show. It's good having him on. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a hell of a dude. I, I love Luke. He's, he's been a good friend of mine. We actually hated each other in high school, and then we both went on missions, and we're getting the crap kicked out of, you know how missions are for those who've served them, and then we started writing each other and became the best of friends. It was really weird how it worked out. Hey, uh, so with that Ohio State thing, um, what is the Ohio State thing? Okay, sorry, I guess we'll update everybody. So Ohio State has suspended all on-campus summer classes through end of July. But wait, does that include activities, though? So there's some question, there's some ambiguity there. So The Ohio State basically saying
0: nothing on campus with classes through the end of July. And so that seriously puts into doubt Ohio State being able to hold any kind of practices for their football team this summer. If it is a, just a campus-wide shutdown or if it's only classes.
1: See, that's what we got to... F- yeah, that's not a really good job of clarifying by Brett. But he also tweeted out, A group of five president recently suggested to another G5 president they should go ahead and move the 2020 college football season to spring. Sources told the stadium, Obviously, it's too early for that, but these are among options presidents and ADs are considering if the season is delayed. So wait. Next spring? Or this spring? Wait, if it's next spring. No. You, dude, you it can't. be next. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, you have the NCAA tournament for March Madness. You have NCAA baseball. And you have football all at the same time. Like, that's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. That's not going to work at all. And, uh, yeah. It's just. Um man, I don't know. It's, it, it I, I know we're still a ways away from having football start, but the way things are looking, if they do delay through June 1st, I'm with coach Anderson. You have got to delay the season or you got to just cut out non-conference stuff and just play conference games or you've got to start man, I don't know or else you've got to know that you're going to end up playing through January college football.
0: All right, you, you you do what you can. Maybe you just boil it down to that. We'll do what we can. Yeah, there's going to be losses, uh, financial losses, but for the sake of student welfare, that's got to be a factor worth considering, and health of the players, running, rushing them into a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned this with Luke earlier. The Division One Council Coordination Committee and the Division Two Administrative Committee both announced today that a recruiting dead period. Is extended through May 31st. So that means uh, there's no in person recruiting going on. Uh, you can still make phone calls. You can still do text messages. You can do written correspondence. But, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, uh, like football programs that would we'll be doing junior day. And all the high school juniors would come on your campus. Uh, usually that's around when your spring practices or your spring game. Takes place. We all know that's been kiboshed. That's not happening anymore. But uh, it's affecting football. It's affecting uh, basketball. Uh, They were in the they were in a contract uh, contact period. Um, So now that's been extended and changed. So uh, men's basketball only misses a few weeks of of contact and evaluation period in April, and then they have their quiet period in May. So.
1: It's not over yet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's still that chance, but it doesn't look as optimistic as I once thought it was. All right, coming up on
0: the other side, there is an NBA owner who is still optimistic that the NBA can have some games played to finish out this season. We'll hear about that coming up next on the Full Court Press.
2: The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM 1390 AM,
0: The FAN Eric France and Ajay Salvason. Ajay, did you know there are about just under 260 NBA games that will need to be played to finish out the season?
4: Uh, <laughs> so trying to fit that all in yeah. in a short
0: window is a challenge yeah. where to do it how to do it the nba is still looking at that but every day we hear about players who had tested positive for coronavirus are being cleared uh, earlier it was the utah jazz organization then it was marcus smart then it's the new jersey Nets and it was the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, so those that have been affected by the coronavirus in the NBA have been getting cleared and we haven't heard of any other additional new cases the NBA may be moving to a a, a point where they could resume games in a secure location maybe they check everybody's temperature uh, every day before they come into the building and only have a few venues that are used and it's a basically a compound of some degree. Um, But Mark Cuban has been out, was speaking out today saying that he believes there will be an NBA season. And in fact, believes the NBA has a responsibility.
3: Yeah. As long as the scientists bless it. Absolutely. I'm game for anything that is safe, you know, and there may be circumstances where we can make it more safe for, you know, players and their families and, the people who have essential personnel from an NBA perspective that have to be there. um, Why not? I I, I would be all for it. Again, I'm not speaking for the NBA. I'm just saying, again, my underlying principle is sports are great for America. And when we start to go from America 1.0, where we've been to coming out of this in America 2.0, I think it's a great opportunity and it's a responsibility of the NBA to lead the way.
1: America's hungry for live sports. Yeah, see, Mark, I think Mark Cuban is, is anxious for it because he's an owner. So he understands the need for it. But what you got to look at is the situation in itself. Again, where is the health of the country? Is it in shape that they can play a basketball game? Even the athletes themselves. Look, you can have no fans in the arena. That's fine. But it doesn't stop from players getting sick at all. It still has that chance. So you got to look at the health of the country. Is it really healthy for the NBA? Is there nobody at risk? And if there isn't, then give it a try, but just know that. First sign of of worry or caution or even sickness, it, it flips upside down. Yeah, and realistically, where could the NBA go to play 259 games? Yeah, that's a huge problem. I don't know where you fit that into or if you can.
0: And oh, maybe it's split between multiple communities, but yeah, it's tough. I hope they can get it games. figured out. Uh, and if they have their own medical teams that say, look, this is our, and you have a restricted list of people who can be there, your players, your coaches, your support personnel, the arena officials that need to be able to turn the lights on and operate a scoreboard, your referees, uh, maybe if you select family members but everybody has to be cleared every day. And you can't leave the premises. You can't go outside of where you're supposed to be. Maybe, maybe then you could pull it off. But Ajay, I think we're still That's a asking month, a lot. Two months. Yeah, I, yeah I'm with you. It- <laughs> I don't know. Let's knock on wood. Let's hope for the best. Things are pretty bad, I know, in New York, but the not quite as bad in other places. So hopefully they can get it figured out. Sooner rather than later. That's a big issue. America will be man. really hungry for a- that. absolutely. Right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we've got some interesting guests coming up in the next couple of nights, so stick around. Stay tuned. Join us next week.
4: I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The lack of live sports has given the networks an opportunity to offer incredible lessons in sports history. If you still want to watch sports at night, flip on an old Super Bowl in the NFL Network, or maybe NBA Finals game from NBA TV, college football national title game. It's kind of fun, and the one thing that strikes you is how much television has changed over the years. Even footage from 20 years ago feels like it should be in a museum but once you get past that there's so much incredible footage and it sounds like a cliche but you forget how relentless michael jordan was how clutch tom brady was how good christian leitner was i know it's not the same thing and maybe there's a little bit of nostalgia fatigue but we might as well make the best of the sports situation text a friend enjoy a game together or maybe live tweet a super bowl from say 2005 There are no rules for stuff like this right now, except try to have fun as often as you can. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.